Hi guys, it's Melissa again. Welcome back to Moments with Melissa podcast. I can't wait for you guys to hear today's episode. We're going to be talking about mental health, suicide, parenting, all that stuff during this time. I can't wait for you guys to hear Lark. Um, and she's an author and you're just going to hear more about it. So stick around. I'm so happy that she's here with me and she's going to hear and share her story. And you're also an author, is that correct? That's right. And you know, my book just launched November uh, oh. 2020, um, Learning to Breathe Again. And um, it just tells the story, this very, very hard story of not only my father's suicide, but also my son's suicide and how I tried to cope with it, how to try to help my family deal with all the grief and mm-hmm. um maybe the the blessings that have come from this very tragic situation. Yeah, it's definitely the blessings. I think a lot of people forget that, that, you know, you go through something bad, but no one sees like the outcome, the great outcome of I'll get out of this hole one day, or there'll be a light in the end of this. You know, I'm not even sure everybody goes through some moments that they're like, Hey, when is this going to be over? Or uh, is this ever going to be okay? Or like, am I, are we going to go back to being normal? You know, are we going to stick in that grieving moment? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know it, it definitely changes things and there's a new normal, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it can help you uh, level up and become a better person if you're willing to to allow it to do that. Yeah, that's so true. So go ahead and give me some quick background on what made you start this book. Uh, Sure. So um, about 20 months ago, my 19-year-old son took his life. And it was very shocking for me and and his, uh, you know, my husband uh, did not expect it, did not see it coming. So, so many times people say, oh, you know, uh, I saw the signs. I saw they were suicidal. We saw nothing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, which which breaks my heart because I think, why didn't I see it? Why didn't I know? Why didn't he come and talk to me? Um, and five years prior to his suicide, my father died by suicide. Uh-huh. And at that time, I went into a dark hole. And I didn't yeah. know I was in the dark hole at the time. <laughs> yeah. But I would go to meetings because I was his, um, the state um, executor. I would go to meetings. I would take notes. Mm-hmm. And then two days later, I would look at those notes and go, okay, I don't remember being in the meeting. I don't know what I'm supposed to do with these notes. I know that's my handwriting, but I I had no memory. So, you know, to to think that 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 it's actually possible for someone, I feel like I'm fairly intelligent and, you know, have things going on, but Mm -hmm. to have five months of my life where I don't remember how did my kids get fed? I don't, I don't even know. Right. That that is so true. (laughs) And when you're in it, you don't see it. Right. Because you you were in a depression stage and, yeah. and these crazy thoughts. Like I was pregnant when I lost my brother, and I try to remember back like of people talking to me or events, and I can't yeah. remember. Like no. I felt so numb. Like I was physically there, but mentally. Yep. No. And that's kind of what happens with PTSD. You know, or you you're there physically, but emotionally, you're gone, and it, it's the way yeah. you, you cope, right? Yeah, it's strange. It's hard, right? So at the time, I could not talk about suicide when my father died. I, I Good friends of mine didn't know that that's how he died. Uh, the stigma and the shame around suicide, I just couldn't even go there. And then when my son died by suicide, um, mm. just completely heartbroken, I didn't want to talk about it. But because some friends of mine reached out and they 
shared with me how their kids were struggling. And that was my big concern is that if you're familiar with suicide and uh, especially amongst kids, you know, it's a copycat suicide. And I thought I cannot change the past, but if I don't speak up and these young kids that knew my son, if they choose the same path that he did, I will, my heart will just break. I just won't even be able to cope with that. Right. And so that's when I started speaking up and it, it wasn't about me. It was about finding uh, help for these other people who were experiencing it. And I just said, let's get rid of the shame and the stigma around suicide. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about mental wellness. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's talk about this because when we talk about it, then it creates a safe space. Yeah. Because I think we all experience, you know, difficult times. And if nobody's talking about it, then we feel isolated and it, creates the suicide ideation even more because we think, well, nobody's talking about it. So I'm the only one. Mm-hmm. That's and that's, so that's makes it even more difficult. Yeah. That's so good that you just said that it's, you feel alone and, and you don't, you're not even sure what resource you have because you're like, Oh, mm-hmm. well, am I the only one that's feeling this way? Exactly. You know? And so, um, as I would share my story with different people, mm-hmm. they would say, great, thank you so much for the information. Now what, what's the next step? And so I started compiling some resources on my website. So there's mm-hmm. a, uh, under my website, um, there's a tab called resources. Um, I teamed up with a therapist and we're creating some, he's a clinical psychologist. We're creating some modules about parenting, about suicide uh, prevention, and about grief because of all of these things that happen. Uh, and then there's a mental wellness check. So you can, you know, take this little test and see how, oh, how good yeah. is your mental wellness. That's you know, good. <laughs> yeah, suicide prevention um, resources that you can click onto and find out more. And then if you have lost someone to suicide, uh, maybe a child, there are some resources specifically for mothers. Oh. And, um, you know, it, it's just really hard, but if you can have some resources, it can help you kind of make it through some difficult times. Yeah. Even reading the similar stories, like, okay, then that's how they're coping with it or, you know, yes. anything else from it. You could take from something from that and people that have been close to me that say these crazy things mm-hmm. and you don't even know how to handle it. Like, how do you, mm-hmm. I don't know, like, what do you say to that? You know what? It's really important to let them know you're not a burden. I'm here for you. Uh, I love you. You have a lot of strengths, and I know you're get you're having a hard time right now. Let let me stay by your side until we we get it figured out. Because you know, just like um, when somebody hurts themselves on the outside and they have to go to the doctor to get maybe sewn up or something, when we experience this this chemical imbalance inside, we're hurting inside, and it hurts so bad it's like a physical pain, mm-hmm. but unlike getting, you know, our arm stitched up, we don't know if we'll ever feel better. And so it's a matter of let's find the right medication. Let's find the right solutions. Let's find the right lifestyle, you know, that's going to allow you to heal and find joy in life because they're hurting and they're just hurting so badly. They want that pain to stop. Definitely. And I feel like it's so critical to talk about this right now because of COVID. Um, A lot of people lost their jobs. They found like, Mm -hmm. they don't have any, their hobbies they can't go back to, let's say um, they do something outdoor mm-hmm. and it's just there. Everyone's isolated and they have these yep. thoughts like, okay, well now what do I have to do? Like I have nothing right. left. I don't have a job. I, I don't, they're, I can't go to school. And they just be kind of, well, I have nothing else to give you to the other person. And it's like, 
they have no future. You know, they don't know yeah. what's going, the uncertainty and the fear and, and all of these things create that, that suicide ideation and escalate, you know, um, back earlier this year, after just a few weeks of the lockdown, there was a therapist in San Francisco who put out an article that said suicide attempts had increased by 30%. Oh my goodness. And, and because we're creating this isolation, um, when someone's hurting, they think the answer is to isolate, but it's actually the opposite, right? It's to be with people. It's to be around other people. And so we've created this situation where people are being pushed down the suicide ideation because they're being isolated, because they can't hug someone or be with someone personally. Uh, I think Zoom is great because it's kind mm -hmm. of, if we can't touch, at least we can see each other better than just a phone call, right? Yeah. And we can have some interaction that way but it's still not the best, you know, physical touch and, yeah. and being with other people in their presence. That's what will help combat these feelings of suicide. That's so good. So good. Yeah. It's just like we said, zoom, but I mean, at least you could check in on people. I think that's a thing. Mm -hmm. Like we have to check yep. in on people, see how they're doing. We can't forget that because yep. unlike me, I I'm actually work at the hospital. So nothing really has changed for me besides school. I went to uh -huh. zoom, right. but I hear friends that, lost their jobs or been laid off and they're just stuck at home and right. you know they done everything they could do in the house they cleaned they watched all the netflix <laughs> shows and they become like negative yes and it's so hard because i can't i don't know how to respond to them because i haven't my life hasn't changed much it's actually been i mean i've well, been having like yeah i've been seeing the covid patients so it's been like a different kind of stress mm -hmm. not the stress of i don't have income right right which you know, you know totally understand that and and that's difficult for people that are in a situation where they they aren't bringing in the money they they're wondering what to do and so you know they need to rely on their family and their family and friends need to kind of reach out to them and say how are you doing and especially the ones that we don't think are struggling they might be struggling more than we even know that's so true yeah that's very true i'm glad you said that mm -hmm. yeah. it's always good to check in now what about um parenting like when it comes to Cause wow, I, yeah. <laughs> you know, cause I brought it earlier before the recording about like, you know, just even the high school students, mm -hmm. um, like my, my brother, um, when they did the lockdown, it was around spring break. And I asked him like, he ever thought you went back to school or was it just like, he's like, Oh, well, I just thought the spring break was going to be extended and we'll go back. But they haven't been back since like the beginning of the year. Exactly. And I don't, you know, all high school students. I feel like it affects them more because they're on social media. Yes. Um, they're just home. Right. And, and they're very used to being with their friends. You can appreciate teenagers, you know, who, who is their main go-to? It's their friends. It's not necessarily their parents or their siblings, right? So mm -hmm. they've had an even harder time of it, yes. Um, the thing I would say about parenting is that we cannot parent the way our parents parented us oh. because mm -hmm. of the changes that have happened, right? I mean, I think back to my high school days, which was 30 years ago, 30 mm -hmm. plus, right? And if I did something stupid, maybe five, 10 people knew about it, right? Yeah. <laughs> but true. if your brother does something stupid as a 15-year-old in high school, right? A thousand people can know about it, 10,000, mm -hmm. you know, whatever. And at that point, they really do believe that their life is over. Yeah. And so this social media and the situation that, that has been created puts so much more stress and that demand of perfectionism and I can't fail and I have to look like I'm doing all these things that puts even more stress on this youth that, that they, 
don't process, you know, their brains are not developed and they are not looking at things the way maybe an adult might look at them. That's so true. The pressure that they get on social media, it's just, it's yep. incredible. Like, yep. it's well, a lot of stress. <laughs> and then I was talking to a, a friend's daughter. She's uh, 17 and a senior, you know, she's on the cheer team. She's very pretty, you know, yeah. all these things, right. Very popular. Mm-hmm. And um, she was talking about how, how when one of the girls on their team got sick and the girl would post, Oh, I'm so grateful for my friends. They came over and they dropped off all these things for mm-hmm. me okay, that's great. And she's connecting and she feels loved, right? Mm -hmm. But what about the person who sees that all these friends are helping another person and, and they're thinking, nobody cares about me. Nobody has reached out to me. Nobody has, you know, checked on me. And, and so it just creates this even greater pressure and visibility of I'm all alone. Oh, that's so good. I'm like nodding my head. I'm not even saying yes anymore (laughs) because it's so good. I mean, it's true. Even like as adults, like I'm, I'm in my late twenties now, but it's the fear of missing out. You see people mm-hmm. getting together and it's like, well, I'm just here at home or by myself. It's so sad. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's, just it's hard, sad. isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it is. It's, it is really hard. Since my son passed away, um, I parent different now. Um, I'm not so dictatorial or uh, mili- we're a very military family, you know, and, and I look at things different. And, and I would say to parents, you know, as you're raising these children, create a safe environment where they yeah. feel they can come and talk to you about whatever's going on. I mean, can you imagine your teenage child coming to you and saying, mom, I got my girlfriend pregnant. Or, mm-hmm. you know, mom, I'm gay. Yes. As parents, we, we often think my child has to do certain things and they have to be a certain way and act a certain way. Or I am not going to love them. We put conditions on that. And as a parent, I have learned that my job as a parent is just to love and guide my children. Yeah. It is not to try to make them into something and it's try to help them through their tough decisions. Yeah, that's true. I have a two-year-old son and exactly what you said, like the way my parents brought me up I mean I came from like a strict religious Christian family Mm -hmm. so even like my dad's like oh if you go out with a guy late I'm pregnant like just those things those thoughts it's like dad like can you just say okay you can be home at this time or who are the people you hang out with and yeah I want to be like what you said more open-minded more welcoming like if Mm -hmm. if you have something to tell me come in the room talk to me Exactly. Exactly. I've been through what you've been through. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and if we can have those open conversations and we really, it's real, it's tough because, you know, unbeknownst to us, we often put conditions on our love for our children and we do it without thinking, oh, if they're being a nice child and they're being kind and they're, they're not fighting, then we, we have a smile and we're happy. But if, if they're feeling down or they're not doing their chores or they're not doing well with their grades, then, you know, how we look sort of dictates that that's not a good thing. And they have to understand that, that we're going to love them no matter what. And that is hard. That's a hard job for a parent, but that's, that's our job as a parent is just to love and accept them. That's it. Yeah. It's so hard being a mom. Like even right now, I have a toddler. I'm like, I hope I'm raising you right. You know, saying (laughs) thank you. You welcome the manners you want to, and you know, just import that into them right now. Mm -hmm. And it's like, my mom told me a couple of days ago, well, you raise them, but they come out like, their own way, their own personality. Yes, they do, you know, but, but if, if they feel secure in knowing that you love them, no matter what, 
they're going to have a better chance in life, right? When, when people maybe come and try to get them to, to do drugs or to do something, steal something or some, they're, they're going to have in their hearts and in, in their center that their parents love them and they don't need to get um, love and acceptance from other groups. They know that they have that core in their home and that will yeah. help them. Yeah. And especially like discussions like that when it goes to, um, either sex, drugs, or mental health. Mm -hmm. That's really good. I feel like we need to talk about that. I, yes. I don't remember talking about that in high school. I remember talking about sex, but not <laughs> mental health. <laughs> you know what? Because we were never taught that in high school. It just wasn't a thing. And as I look back, I think that's one of my greatest regrets with my son is that I didn't even know that suicide was the number one killer in my state of Utah. Uh, for youth. I didn't know that suicide is the number two killer of youth nationwide, right? Wow. So statistically speaking, it's going to affect us at some point. But I didn't, I thought I was a good parent, but I never had those conversations with my children. And I just think I could have done a better job. Wow. And how, from you saying like as a parent, you know, to your children, how can we approach those kids? Mm -hmm. Like a teenager that doesn't want to talk to you, like, I'm fine. But, right. you know, they're, they're saying I'm fine, but really, I know they're not. Right. You know? Right. <laughs> well, there's a couple things. First of all, you know, uh, my husband and I always tried to do family dinner together. Mm -hmm. That was a big thing, family dinner. And it wasn't always convenient, but we tried to make that like a touch point for the day. At least we could be together for family dinner. And this is something you start when they're young, because if you don't do this when they're two, they're definitely not going to do it when they're 14 and 15, right? That's true. <laughs> so you start young. And, and then uh, something else that we did as parents is we would have like on Sunday evenings, we would have like these little interviews with our kids, each individual, you know, so they felt like they got special time and, and got to express their concerns. Um, but not always about mental wellness. We didn't, we didn't talk about that. Now I would say when your child comes home from school or from daycare, uh, instead of saying, how was your day? Because mm -hmm. they're going to say, fine. Right. <laughs> you know, what was the, the best thing that happened to you today? And what was the worst thing that happened to you today? Oh, I like that. Because what happens is if they can feel, they feel a high, they feel a low, then they can kind of balance those out. The scary part is when we don't feel anything and our emotions are just flatlined, right? Because mm -hmm. you know what happens in a hospital when you flatline? Yeah. Physically. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> and it's the same thing emotionally. If we stop feeling, then, then we're just one step away from checking out. You, yeah. you take, you stop feeling, you stop feeling the emotions and then you want to stop feeling things physically. Yeah. That's so true. Cause I asked my brother, like, how are you doing? Fine. How was mm -hmm. school? Good. Like, and, you know, I don't want to go to the point where I'm like going too deep into him, like keep pushing it. Mm -hmm. Cause then he's going to push me away. Right. You know, but you know, but uh, being 15, you can say, Hey, I had a conversation. I just want you to know that I love you, and I would be so sad if you mm -hmm. weren't on this planet, it would just yeah. crush me. And yeah. you're important to me, you know, I like the way your smile is, or I like the way you interact, and I, I like certain specific things. Yeah. And if you ever struggle, know that I care and I would love for you to just reach out to me. And, and then another thing is like, if you're thinking about your brother, you shoot him a quick text and say, I was just mm -hmm. thinking about you. You're, you're so awesome. You know, I, I appreciate you. Yeah. And then they think she really does care. You know, if yeah. we can just have these quick touch points, then they'll know she cares. 
That's so true. He he's come to me about some things. And I'm just like, oh, I feel special because he's opened up to me. Yes. You know, please tell me more. <laughs> yes, because because he he knows that he can trust you and that you've expressed an interest in him. Right. That's so yeah. important. That is really important. Oh, that's great. I, I feel like it's just like what I said earlier, very critical at this time. And I feel bad mm-hmm. for the teenagers. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, it's a lot right now. Right. And you know, you, you look at life in that, you know, from that, that high school to early, early time, you know, as you're, you're going to high school, all the things that they, that they're looking forward to doing in college. Maybe some people have had wedding plans and it hasn't happened or yeah. there have been some funerals and you can't really get together for the funeral, right? And so all of these touch points that we have in life that we, that we often look forward to, everything's just been thrown up in the air. And mm-hmm. so we need to find ways that will help nourish us and help us make it through some hard times. Yeah, it's really hard because you just think about the normalcy of like when it's going to get back to normal. Yeah. So what if... But if it doesn't get back to normal right? for six what more months, yeah. yeah, right. What what can you do right now that helps that helps you? Um, this past weekend, I I spent uh, two days up in the mountains in Utah. Oh, that's nice. And that fills my soul, right? And it, maybe it's a walk in the park or something that that allows you to just get grounded and and to feel better. Because if you're just stuck in your apartment or your home and you don't get out, that's really hard. Yeah, I like that. I like that unplugging, unplugging from media, mm-hmm. unplugging from yep. like even television, just go yep. outside, take a walk. I I went bike riding like in Tahoe a few weeks ago and it felt so good. We went for three days and it's just, you know, you feel more grounded. You're around yes. nature and it's like you see birds like, oh, they're not worried about COVID. No. You know, there's, there's no. hope. Yes. And that's the thing is oftentimes we get so wrapped up and worried about things that honestly, they are not the most important things. Mm-hmm. And that's what I would just challenge people to do is like, look at your life and realize what is the most important thing is usually your relationships. Yeah. Yeah. Just to stay connected and be a healthy mm-hmm. mindset. Yep. That yeah. is, that's so much, that's so much more important than, oh, I want to buy a bigger house or a better car or I want this or that. That's not what's going to fulfill you inside in the end. Right. Yeah, that's true. Now I know that you went through a grieving process. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when my mom lost well, my brother and her son, I had no idea how to approach him. Or Right. You know, I posted an article that I found uh, that was beautiful. I put it on my Facebook page. So under the author page of Learning to Breathe, which is the mm-hmm. name, title of my book, I put, I put that article there that talked about, you know, as parents, you never forget your child. Just like you never forget your living child, you never forget your deceased child. That child is always there and you, and you, you kind of grieve for what could have been. Like, I'm sure your mom thinks about your brother, your older brother, or I don't know if he was older. He's older than your other brother, right? Yes, the middle. <laughs> yeah. So she probably grieves for him in, in would he have gotten married? Would he have had children? Would he have, you know, gone on to create some great career and develop something and change the world? You know, uh, grandkids, all of that, that, there's a grieving process there. And so for me, I like talking about my son that honors mm-hmm. him and, and keeps him close to me. Um, other times people might have a hard time talking about their children. And so I would just, you know, don't be afraid to bring it up. Mm-hmm. That's what I would say and kind of see where, where they take it because they might be more willing to talk about it than you think they are. That's true. That's very true. You know, I'm going to share something that I, I really won't share with anyone, but we haven't took any Christmas photos since he's passed away. And we asked our mom this year and she's still like, no, she's not ready. 
You know what? And I understand that. I, I do. Um, we have a family in my neighborhood who have several children and one of them passed away uh, at eight months and they would continue to take family pictures every year, but they would take her photo and just keep it in the picture. Right. Mm -hmm. And when I'd get their Christmas card, you know, at up until my son died, it was kind of awkward. And I'm like, why do they have to keep putting their, you know, yeah. their dead child in here? And you know what? Um, it's because for them and for me, that child is very real. Mm -hmm. And, and I will tell you this too, pictures are so important because what if another member of your family passes away? Mm -hmm. right? Before you can take another picture. So you might suggest to her, you know, mom, pictures are really important. And would it be possible for us to maybe take a family picture, but we'll, we'll have my brother in this individual picture and, and that will be his memory that he can be part. He's still part of us. He's still yeah. here with us. Yeah. I suggested that. And, you know, it's hard because I'm like, oh, I wasn't expecting her to respond that way. I'm like, no, yes. it's fine. My sister and I just looked at each other because it's my, she's, I have an older sister than me than my two younger brothers. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we weren't even sure to bring it up or like how mm -hmm. to bring it up. But like, well, right. because I noticed I was printing out photos from my, um, from my house. I was like, I don't have any photos of us together. If we do, it's mm -hmm. just like unexpectedly, like we're all hugging each other. It's not like we, the old Christmas photos we used to have. Yes, so. I totally understand. You know what? And maybe it could be that all of you kids and maybe not the parents mm -hmm. do something and maybe, and maybe you just approach it that way and, and you guys go out and get a picture for, to give to your parents. Right. And, and yeah, you include a, a picture yeah. of your brother because, um, for his heart. And I understand what she's saying. I do, but, uh, it could be even a bigger heartache if someone else is gone and, and you didn't take that opportunity. Yeah, that's so true. Oh, thank you for that advice. Yes. I really appreciate that. <laughs> sure. It's so hard to like talk to like a mom and you know, yes. you have, you have daughters as well. Like, mm -hmm. you know, how we see our moms in pain mm -hmm. and it, it hurts our heart. And it's like, how can I, I mean, we can't make it feel better as much as I hug her. I just wish one day take her pain away or her burden away, but mm -hmm. you can, you can help her know that, that you, you support her, you love her, and that you you feel a loss as well, and mm -hmm. um, that that you want her to know that you love her and and hope she you know can find some meaning in her life, even though this hard thing has happened. Yeah, that's great. And with your book that's coming out, or it's out, congratulations! It's out, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do we expect to read? Like. Yes. You know what? So it's, this was a hard book. This was not one of these little foo-foo easy right. books. It was every page. It was very emotional. Mm -hmm. And uh, in the beginning, I write my youth, talk about my youth, which I wasn't going to put in, but a friend of mine who knew me in high school said, you need to talk about that because my father was undiagnosed bipolar and oh. we moved around every year. And so it created a lot of instability. Mm -hmm. And I didn't understand how I parented and how I react as an adult was to try to combat all that instability. So I'm very structured. I like a lot of, you know, organized, scheduled. And uh, my son didn't always like that, right? Because mm -hmm. he would push back on that. And I realized that because of my childhood, I kind of do that. So I, I don't experience the kind of the crazy thoughts that my father experienced. And I talk about that. I talk about raising my son and, and how difficult he was as a child for me. You know, we think, oh, their relationship was wonderful and it was beautiful. And it wasn't. It was every day. It was it was an argument with him. 
-hmm. And so I talk about that. Um, and then I talk about the day he died, what happened, our family just fell apart, how we, how we experienced different grief and how we dealt with it differently. You know, one yeah. daughter was willing to talk about it. Another daughter won't talk about it. Right. Yeah. And, um, my husband still hasn't read my book. He, he can talk about it to us, you know, family and friends, but he, he, he's just locked it up in his heart. So we deal with it in different ways. And I have dealt with this grief by just reaching out and trying to help others, which yeah. helps me have meaning in my life. I love that. That's why I started this podcast because I want to bring about mental health, mm -hmm. your just all of that, you know, daily struggles or even yes. accomplishments, you know, because even speaking out to people that we're not even sure who's going through what not. Like if someone's hearing this right now, I'm not sure if they're feeling <laughs> depressed, suicidal, but I mean, hopefully you and I can like have more suicide awareness, mental health awareness, yes, and just have resources out there because they're not alone, you know, right. especially right now. Yep. Well, this is the way I feel about, you know, struggles. Um, mm -hmm. When we deal with other people, we can absolutely assume that they are either coming out of a significant struggle, they're mm -hmm. about to go into a significant struggle, or, you know, they're, they're in one right now. Yeah. And so if we can just look at other people and have compassion, and that's what I've learned more than anything is just give people grace, allow them, you know, maybe their, their forgetfulness or something they didn't do completely the way you might want them to just allow that. Mm -hmm. And, and think to yourself, they could be going through something that I don't know anything about that they're struggling with, you know, mm -hmm. and, and just give them compassion. Yeah, that's true to be kind to each other. Cause mm -hmm. no one, I don't know what war you're fighting right now. Exactly. Now. That, and that's the truth of it. Right. Mm-hmm. Even coworkers, like I'm, I'm not sure. Like sometimes they could be crying at work, and I, I just, I don't know what you're going through. I'm sorry, but mm -hmm. everyone has something inside their house that they're going through. Exactly, you know, and especially all the pressures. I look at, for example, like parents who have kids that, that are at home with school, younger kids. I couldn't even. I'm so glad I don't have to deal with that, right? I, I know. I have I'm other at that age too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I have other things. I don't have that, right? Yeah. And so that's a huge stress, and so all these stress just like make you snap. And so if we can just slow down, speak kindly to other people, and and just have compassion, and maybe we see somebody who 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 looks a little down, and just say, hey, I noticed you looked a little down today. Just just know I've got your back. I yeah, that's you. so good. That's so good. It, like you said, be compassionate and be kindness. And like what you said, I'm not, I'm not going through the social distancing learning either. My sons too. I think you and I are like in that moment, like, yeah, oh, I can't imagine. <laughs> yeah. Like I can't imagine how to deal with that. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's a lot of stress because I'm going through school. I can't imagine also teaching my son and waking him up, being on time, you know, calling him to wake up or is he turning the assignments in? It's like, yes. You're another, you're also a teacher and an employee. Yes, exactly. And so we just look at different people in their, in their lives and say, well, they're going through something that maybe I don't understand, but I can show compassion. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm definitely looking forward to reading your book. Thank uh, you. Where can we find it? Can you share your so, website? Yeah, sure. It's uh, you can get a link on my website, larkdeangalley.com. And like mm -hmm. I said, there's resources there under the resource tab, but also it's on Amazon. And okay. uh, super easy, learning to breathe again. Oh, uh, I like it. Yeah, thank you. And I don't know if you're familiar with Richard Paul Evans. He wrote a lot of books for uh, like the generation, my generation, but he also wrote for teenagers, uh, the Michael Vay series. 
he was very kind. He's a number one best-selling author. Mm -hmm. He was very kind to write the foreword. And he talks about how when he was 12, his mom attempted suicide and how that affected him and his family. So, you know, th this has been going on a long time, right? People are depressed. They, they, they're attempting suicide. And how does it affect those around them? That's what I want to bring people's awareness to is that, mm. you know, if you're struggling and you think, oh, I'm a burden, I'm going to end my life. It'll be better. My family will be better off. They absolutely will not be better off. Right? Yeah. hundred percent agree. Totally <laughs> agree. And it's like, it's, it's most of the times, of course it's sudden. And then it's like, you think about, wow, how did it get to that point? Exactly. And that's usually what happens, you know, with suicide is that they're going along, they're just hanging on and then a couple things happen and it's just like, it's over. Right. Yeah. So. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate yes. your time for sharing this and, you know, allowing me to express my questions too. With you. Sure. And thanks, Melissa. You know, you're talking about hard things, but they're important things and they matter. And uh, we need to talk about mental wellness and, and how can we, you know, reach out to people when, when we might not know exactly what they're going through, but we can just show compassion. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. Thank you. hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode um it was pretty intimate and deep <laughs> that's something i'm gonna share but i think it's really important for us to talk about this especially right now because of covid happening you know all the shutdowns and again we don't know when it's going to go back to normal so i think the important thing is to reach out to people just check up on them I really hope you guys stick around to the next episode. If you guys have any questions or just anything you want to talk to me, go ahead and message me. I'm okay to talk about this. You know, this is the reason why I started this podcast because it's something that people don't talk about and we need to be more open minded about it. Thank you so much again for listening to Moments and Most of Podcasts and I'll catch you guys on the next episode.